Well, now the news cycle is about 10 seconds longer than normal. So it's now 20 seconds long before some news coming up. We got all kinds of news stories to go over today. So as we always do, let's get right to it. Here we go. Alright, to start this one off, there's, uh, you guys remember the June 6th Capitol, everything they said was an insurrection, which it was a pretty weak insurrection, if that's really what it was, which I don't think it was, I think it was just kind of more of a riot, and a breach of the Capitol building, still I think a lot of unsolved mysteries around kind of everything that went on there, and uh, so there's a story about a guy here from Utah, um, from the Bach Times, Black Lives Matter supporter. The Capitol breach said he brought my megaphone to instigate Trump supporters. And that was from the DOJ. But the article, um, let's see, goes on to state. Uh, this, this is an article from May 24th. The Department of Justice filed new charges against reported Black Lives Matter activist John Sullivan for his role in the January 6th Capitol breach, saying that Sullivan allegedly told others later that he brought only, oh, along a megaphone to incite riots inside the building. According to court documents filed last week by federal prosecutors, Sullivan of Utah is facing new weapons charges. Sullivan, in statements online and in reports, said he attended a number of Black Lives Matter protests last year posted numerous anti-police and anti-Trump statements, and also allegedly posted support on Twitter for armed revolution. After leaving the Capitol on January 6th, Sullivan was seen, according to federal prosecutors, telling a witness that he brought my megaphone to instigate expletive and wanted to, quote, make these Trump supporters expletive, all this expletive up inside the Capitol building. Sullivan, they said, also portrayed himself as a journalist who was documenting the incident. However, they said that he was actively participating in the breach and even apparently broke window. Sullivan allegedly cheered after he and others entered the Capitol. There are so many people. Let's go. This expletive is ours. Expletive, yeah, according to DOJ documents. And I'd seen that video and there was some other, I think, blonde girl, I think, that he was recording. Uh that kind of goes along with that statement. I'm pretty sure that that's the one that I'd seen. I don't know if it's still online or not. He also said in the Capitol, quote, we accomplished this expletive. We did this together expletive. Yeah, we are all part of this history and let's burn this expletive down. According to the court papers, federal prosecutors alleged that he attempted to incite others to burn the Capitol down several times. Appearing to reference his participation in Black Lives Matter events, at one point on January 6th, he also was allegedly heard saying, I am ready, bro. I've been to many riots. I've been in so many riots, the document said. And at one point, Sullivan allegedly told Capitol Police officers in the building to stand down, prosecutors said. Okay. Uh, I don't know whether or not they did or not, but regardless... Uh, quote, there are too many people. You got to stand down. The people out there that tried to do that expletive, they got hurt. I saw it. I'm caring about I'm caring about you, he allegedly said. 
Hey, guys, I have a knife, Sullivan also said, according to federal prosecutors. I have a knife. Let me up. Sullivan notably recorded a video of the confrontation between protesters and police near the House chamber that included the fatal Capitol Police-involved shooting of Air Force veteran Ashley Babbitt. And according to the court filings boasted to a witness that my footage is work, worth like a million dollars, millions of dollars. Um, let's see. As a result, the DOJ last week said it had seized about 90000 from Sullivan after he sold the footage to several unnamed news outlets. Sullivan's lawyer declined to comment on May 23rd to the Epoch Times. According to reports, Sullivan was involved in organizing Black Lives Matter demonstrations in Utah. He was also charged last July with alleged rioting, threatening violence, and criminal mischief for his part in a demonstration riot that led to the shooting of a motorist. Uh, I think that was the one that happened in Provo. Quote, as a protest organizer, John Sullivan is heard talking about seeing the shooting, looking at the gun, and seeing smoke coming from it. John did not condemn the attempted murder, nor attempt to stop it, nor aid in its investigation by police, police said in an affidavit last year. Sullivan, who used the name Jaden X online, apparently in reference to Malcolm X, frequently posted on Twitter his support for Black Lives Matter and armed revolution. Black Lives Matter groups in Utah disavowed him in January, describing Sullivan as a loose cannon. Sullivan, according to his lawyers in a filing, sold his footage to CNN, well, of course, for $35,000, sold footage to NBC for $35,000, and sold more to other media outlets. His lawyers balked at the asset seizure and asked the judge to have the federal government return his money. Um, if he gets charged with, you know, inciting and different things like that, maybe that money needs to go towards uh, repairing the things that uh, got damaged in either his riots or the Capitol breach or whatever else. I don't think it should just go right back to the criminal. You know, it's like I go rob a bank and, you know, my lawyers demand they give me all the money back because, you know, <laughs> uh, oh boy. Uh, at the outset, defendant notes that he needs the funds in the seized bank account in order to pay his rent and household necessities, his lawyers wrote. Oh, yeah, because they're the ones that are taking it. Uh, additionally, the proceeds of the seized bank account are not the product of criminal activity alleged in the indictment. Well, well kind of and kind of not, I guess, because he made money off of the recordings of the capital breach. So, I mean, I guess you could look at that both ways, I guess. Defendant is being deprived of his needed asserts is in violation of due process clause of the United States Constitution. Oh, that's amazing. They find that thing, that old dusty document in the, the Constitution when it benefits them. To date, federal prosecutors have charged more than 400 people in connection to the January 6th Capitol breach. House Democrats and a small number of Republicans are also pushing for a Congress-backed 9-11 style commission to investigate the matter. Um, I don't... I kind of see somewhat doing that, but it's just going to end up spending a lot of money. And then, uh, who knows what kind of report you actually get out of it. What, what, what information are we going to gain out of this that we can't... The thing I don't know is what happened with some of the footage that I would seen of Capitol Police that were at the barriers opening, that, opening the barriers up and letting these people go on up the stairs up towards the Capitol in the first place. Now, whether... Those were a staged thing. Like I say, I don't know. I haven't seen anything saying otherwise. But from the videos that I'd seen of that day from, you know, different people, because everything was going out online, like, super fast that day. 
you know, after all this happened. And there were so many different angles of different things. And I've seen inside footage from inside the Capitol at a different door where people did kind of force their way in into kind of a, a small hallway or whatever it was with the Capitol Police that were inside, you know, kind of going back and forth fighting with them. So, like I say, there's kind of a lot of things that haven't been answered, but a lot of it, I, I just think they're trying to create something that probably wasn't really there. I mean, all the representatives that, you know, were right out the gate, you know, oh, it's an insurrection, it's all Trump's fault, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I just don't see it that way. I mean, if you're going to twist everything into worst case scenario, you could twist, you know, what Trump had said at his uh, speech before everybody went down there. I mean, if you're going to twist it up, I mean, you can make it into anything you basically want. But the way it sounded like to me when I listened to it, was he's just telling you, go down there and make your voices heard. He didn't say go down, break into the Capitol. Now, if he had said that, uh, I'd have a different opinion. But if you do have, you know, if this was maybe one of the instigators uh, that really helped to break him in there, you know, and like I say, there's a lot of other things that still don't have answers to this. And maybe that a commission does need to be, but it needs to be a bipartisan one that's not all just the Democrats pushing for it or all the Republicans just pushing for it. And actually get a report on the people that they had arrested from different footage that were inside, you know, the people carrying Nancy Pelosi's uh, whatever thing around her podium and other stupid stuff. So I don't know. It just, I don't know if it's worth the money at this point. Uh, definitely, you know, this, this article has a better heading for it. It was a capital breach. If that was an insurrection, these people would have had weapons and it would have had a totally different outcome. If it was an actual, in my opinion, if it was an actual insurrection which in my opinion it wasn't um so that's kind of the the story on that one i guess um there is uh, let's see here another thing with uh, uh one of let's see if i can find the article here kind of moving on past that but still kind of tied with the black lives matter is let's see the BLM St. Paul founder who quit says Black Lives Matter is racist against black children over charter schools. Um, so this article just basically kind of says, you know, why why he kind of left the movement just due to the fact that, I mean, if you look at, I don't remember the other lady's name, claims she's the co-founder or whatever that was actually got called out for buying these million dollar homes or something somewhere. Um, she openly says that she's a trained Marxist, but I don't know if they, these people don't care, don't think she was being serious or something, you know, but that in Marxist theory, you can't have a nuclear family to make Marxism work. Uh, you can read any of Marx's books and it basically tells you all that stuff in there. Uh, so this article is also from the Epoch Times is where I get a lot of my news sources from because I feel like they're the most um, real about it and actually go and interview, try, well, at least try and interview people and, you know, have people on the ground to get these stories, not just re 
creating somebody's tweet and turning it into a story. Uh, BLM St. Paul founder who quit says Black Lives Matter is racist against black children over charter schools. Uh, this is from June 2nd. Okay. The founder of a Black Lives Matter chapter in St. Paul, Minnesota, said the left-wing organization engages in a form of racism because it opposes school choice. Richard Turner, who left Black Lives Matter, released a video on May 26 saying he learned the, quote, ugly truth, unquote, about the group operates and claimed that, quote, they had little concern for rebuilding black families and they cared even less about improving the quality of education for students in Minneapolis, unquote. And that's what a lot of people have been calling out BLM over. It's like they're not really, they're they're just feeding enough people BS to get them to do what they want them to do. And that's pretty much what uh, the Nazis and the skinheads and the KKK people do. They, they use the vulnerable to do the dirty work for them. And then they're the ones that get in trouble while the people that started the organization Go keep going on scot free. They get all the useful idiots to do the bidding for them, and that's just how I kind of see it. So, um, Rashad Turner, oh, whoops, wrong one. <laughs> uh, in a June 2nd interview with Fox News, he said Black Lives Matter publicly signaled opposition to charter schools, which, according to him, was a direct attack on black families and on black children. Black Lives Matter has been co-opted by teachers union, specifically at the national level. The American Federation of Teachers and here locally in Minnesota, Education Minnesota, Turner said, these teachers unions own the Democrats. They own BLM and teachers unions, in my opinion. They kill our children's hopes and dreams. So if they're thinking about black children doing what's best for black families we have to start with education well i guess sometimes you know people do start figuring it out the problem is there's just not enough of them that figured out quick enough uh hopefully more will start picking up on what this guy's saying now i mean that's kind of what i was saying a couple episodes ago Black Lives Matter and the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People in 2016 both publicly called for a moratorium on charter schools, which received significant pushback at the time. So charter schools are still um, publicly funded, but they're not beholden to teachers unions. So their teachers are actually more accountable to the charter school. And, you know, and it's, I, in my opinion, in a lot of ways, and especially depending on where you're at in the States, certain places, charter schools are going to give your kids a lot better education than the general school system because the general school system that is run by teachers unions. I've always said this. I mean, I'm in a union myself, not a teacher's union, but I've always had a double-edged sword love-hate relationship with unions because of certain things like this that I don't feel like they should be into this political stuff. They're, the unions are supposed to be there to protect the workers that are being wrongfully like fired or, you know, wrongfully punished by their employers and different things like that, not to be taking money and donating it, you know, taking dues from their teachers or whatever union you're in and giving it to political candidates. I don't I don't care which side. I mean most of these unions are all Democrat 
donors for the most part. There's not too many that I know that are donating very much to any Republicans that I know of. So that's kind of the double-edged sword. I think unions need to get out of stuff like that. Um, but like I say, they're, they have purpose and a purpose, but they do have a dark side. Uh, anyways, going on. Oh, let's see. Black Lives Matter and the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Oh, wait. Did I already read that? I already read that one. Boy, I need to scroll up before I start reading things three four times. Black Lives Matter's main organization didn't respond to a request by the Epoch Times for comment. Imagine that. Turner, in the June 2nd interview, said that Black Lives Matter has made questionable policy proposals over the years. Quote, I mean, there's no way on earth after these past two past school years that folks can think that the things like education savings accounts aren't going to be good for families. Unquote, Turner said. Quote, I'll tell you, there's not one black family in my neighborhood here in St. Paul that has said, hey, we don't want that money to follow our child. Anyone who's in opposition to school choice, charter schools, you're right. I'd say they're racist because we know that charter schools are creating opportunities. We know that that money is supposed to be educating our children, unquote. His comments come amid criticism of Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors, Oh, that's the lady. Over her finances and real estate holdings. Kohler's last month announced that she would depart the organization, but described the move as a planned arrangement while denouncing reports about her extensive real estate portfolio as part of a right-wing smear campaign, according to an interview with the Associated Press. Uh, of course, that's the that's the go-to. It's a right-wing conspiracy. <laughs> ah, that's hilarious. Uh, anyways, that's the... <laughs> That's that article. <laughs> oh, let's see. I got plenty of other things to go through right here, but for time's sake, before I get going on something else and forget about the time, I'm going to stop right here and we'll be back in just a moment. And we're back. And just when you thought Chucky was gone and you don't, I'm not talking about the Chucky that people my age probably remember, but pretty close. Chuck Schumer. <laughs> to force the Senate vote on sweeping election reform bill. This is that HR1 bill that I had done a one on a little while ago, an episode. Um, they're still trying to push that through. And if, if you've taken the time to look up HR1, it's a horrible bill. And it basically rigs elections to be fraudulent. Just in the wording. You got you to gotta really watch these people's wording on stuff, especially on a lot of these bills. Because most of them are lawyers, and they know how to word things manipulatively, that's even a word, that it tricks you into thinking. I mean, because it's called For, For America or something like that, For Americans Voting Act or something stupid. Oh, For the People Act, that's what it's called. That's our, or Senate Bill 1. Um, so, or it's HR 1, something like that. I don't remember what it is exactly. There's an article on that one from May 29th. Schumer to force Senate vote on sweeping election reform bill. The Senate will vote next month on a bill that would dramatically change how elections are run. The body's top Democrat said on May 28th. Uh, it basically federalizes these elections. So it doesn't leave it up to individual states to run the elections. Uh, at least not as far as I think anything to do with the federal government. They would take over control and do it their way, not into individual states. I mean, it'll be a ginormous disaster. Let's put it that way. 
like everything they do is. S1, also known as the For the People Act, will be voted on during the last full week in June, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer told Democrat colleagues in a memorandum. Schumer called the bill, which mirrors a version of the House of Representatives bill passed in March, legislation that is essential to defending our democracy. I love how they use these words like, oh, they're so into it. Reducing the influence of dark money and powerful special interests, you know, like the ones that he uses to get reelected. And stopping the wave of Republican voter suppression happening in states across the country. How dare they? How dare they? Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm doing that Greta Thunberg or Thunberg, whatever the heck her name is. <laughs> oh, I'll probably go to hell for that one. The act would federalize components of the election system, eliminating nearly all requirements, such as photo identification. Imagine that. Like I said, it basically opens it up to just widespread fraud. Uh, It would also require states to implement a system of automatic voter registration and to allow same-day registration on any day voting is allowed. Now, I kind of somewhat don't have a problem with that. But realistically, are we that immature uh, if you're old enough to vote in the first place that we can't plan this thing out. I mean, we know it's every four years, right? I mean, we, we don't, we can't, we don't have enough time. There's four years ain't enough time to, you know, get registered to vote. If it's really that big of a deal for you to vote, is it really that hard for you to plan on, Hey, you know what, if I got to get off work at a decent time, you know, talk to my boss, whatever, you know, most, most workplaces want you to go vote as well. So, I mean, I'm sure they would accommodate for you to leave early to go to your polling place and vote. So, like I say, all, all this stuff, it's just a way to basically, in my opinion, rig elections. Even though they're just blaming it on the Republicans, it's all oh, they're suppressing people to vote, which is not true. Uh, let's see. Critics have promised to bring a flood of lawsuits if it's passed by the Senate and signed into law by President Joe Biden. In my state, in Oklahoma, we have great voting engagement. We want to make it easy to vote and hard to cheat. S1 takes away a state's ability to hold people accountable for cheating. Senator James Lankford from Oklahoma told colleagues on the Senate floor this month. Senator Cindy Hyde Smith from Mississippi has described the bill as a massive federal takeover of elections, which it pretty much is. It takes over every state's voting elections, uh, other than probably local elections. Democrats largely support the legislation. Imagine that. The freedom to vote is fundamental to all of our freedoms. It is how Americans control their government and hold their elected officials accountable. Senator Amy Klobuchar, Democrat from Minnesota, told the Senate Rules Committee hearing on May 11th. The For the People Act is about setting basic national standards to make sure all Americans can vote safely in the way that works best for them, regardless of what state or zip code they live in. The For the People Act is about reducing the power of big money in our elections by ending secret spending by billionaires and special interests. And the For the People Act is about making anti-corruption reforms to ensure all politicians work for the people, not for themselves. Now, I mean, there's a lot of ways without completely changing the way our election's done, um, like especially voting machines. I mean, maybe maybe they should uh, try and get somebody that actually is here in the United States to, you know, build these machines or something. I don't know. 
Because as far as I understood this company, there's a lot of dark stuff with the company that uh, used these machines in a lot of places. That was supposedly easy to either hack into or whatever. You know, I'd say there's all kinds of stories out there that I still don't know answers to. I would love to know answers to. And part of this thing is, too, is there's also some recounts going on. I think some in Arizona, uh, a couple of bunch of the other swing states, at least some of the counties are going to go through and recount ballots, double check signatures. And it's an audit and that's driving the Democrat Party nuts because as far as in their mind, it's it's over, said and done. You know, there was no cheating to be had. Uh, and if that's the case, then they should have no problem with an audit. You know, they should all want to be kind of involved with it as well. Uh, get it to a conclusion and say, okay, you know, it, this is what we found. This is what the discrepancies are from election day to the audit. And everybody come to an agreement about what the end result really should have been or is at that point. And put it to bed. But that, you know, it's just going back to, oh, well, uh, the Republicans are just trying to cheat. That's just their go-to every time. Uh, as this story finishes up, Schumer told reporters on Capitol Hill that at two recent caucuses launches, caucus, oh, caucus lunches, <laughs> I need to learn how to read. It was made clear how important S1 is to the country, to our Democratic majority. And oh, that's the key. See, you gotta you gotta watch how these people talk because they're smooth to our Democratic majority. Because the Democrats right now are the majority, and they also know that an election's coming up next year. That the good chance that they're gonna lose that. Uh, and two individual senators, and those discussions are ongoing. And I have a lot of faith in them. The Senate is currently divided in half with 50 Republicans and 50 Democrats or nominal independents who regularly vote with Democrats. Passing a bill requires 60 votes. Schumer also plans to bring other pieces of legislation up for a vote when the Senate reconvenes on June 7th, including the Paycheck Fairness Act. I'm not familiar with that one. That might be a good one to look up, though. Uh, which would direct the Department of Labor to study pay disparities between men and women and make information on the disparities available to the public. So basically, we're going to waste a bunch of money. Um, I mean, there's a lot of independent studies that already have done this. You know, because they keep trying to say that there's these big, large pay disparities between men and women. Uh, and I'm not even going to go into that right now because that could take a while. But it's kind of basically been debunked because if you plug in all the different information you you get different results than what they like um uh, let's see schumer held open the possibility that the upper chamber will consider gun control legislation as well well they didn't see that one coming he also said he may force another vote on the bill that would establish a commission to investigate the january 6th capital incident the senate rejected the measure on may 28th okay well that would have meant that uh there was Democrats that rejected it as well. But that was the story on that one. And then, let's see here how much time I got here. Okay, I'm only in 10 minutes. So we will go to, uh, I'm sure everybody's heard of Asian hate crimes that supposedly have been going on all over the place. So I'm just trying to figure out where 
most of these incidents have been happening. Because uh, a lot of the ones I've seen have been like in New York. And why that is, I don't know. That just seems like the last one I've seen anyways, you know, it's, just, it's got like a, I guess it's a security camera and kind of an Asian market or uh, open restaurant or something like that. I'm not sure exactly what it is. Just randomly out of the middle of nowhere, they know this older, I don't even know if she's older. I couldn't really see her face. She's wearing a mask. Uh, but some black dude just comes up and cold cocks her in the face and then says, why do you hit me? Like saying she hit him. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know is it if it's drug induced or, you know, what's going on exactly. Um, there's an article here in, what is this one? The Guardian. And I don't really know how they lean left or right. Hopefully more in the middle, but Asian Americans reported 3,800 hate related incidents during the pandemic report finds. Abuse tracked by Stop AAPI Hate found more than 68% was verbal harassment while 11% was physical. Asian Americans, oh, let's see. Okay, now there's the story article. Asian Americans reported nearly 3,800 hate-related incidents during the pandemic, a number that experts believe is to be just a fraction of the true total. From 19th of March 2020 to 28th of February 2021, Asian Americans from all 50 states experienced everything ranging from verbal abuse to physical assaults from getting coughed on to getting denied services because of their ethnicity. According to a report released on Tuesday by Stop AAPI Hate, a not-for-profit coalition tracking in... Uh, a not-for-profit, huh? That's weird. It just says non-profit, but a not-for-profit coalition <laughs> tracking incidents of violence, discrimination, and harassment. More than 68% of the abuse was verbal harassment or name-calling, while 11.1% was physical, the report found. Well, I'm not Asian, but I get name-called all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'm weird anyways. The report also contains numerous first-person accounts. Quote, I was at the mall with a friend. I was wearing a plumeria clip and was speaking tomorrow. Uh, I might have butchered that word, too. When a woman coughed and said, you and your people are the reason why we have corona. Read one testimonial from Dallas, Texas in the report. She then said, go sell a boat back to your island. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, this all kind of reminds me of the CIA program called the MK Ultra. Um, so I'm, I'm going to I'm going to circle back Saki back to uh, Project MK Ultra from the, Wikipedia. They'll kind of give us a rundown. So if you don't know, if you're not familiar with Project MKUltra, uh, is the code name given to a program of experiments on human subjects that were designed and undertaken by the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency, or the CIA, some of which were illegal. Hmm, I wonder why that happened, huh? Experiments on humans were intended to develop procedures and identify drugs such as LSD to be used in interrogations in order to weaken the individual and force confessions through brainwashing and psychological torture. The project was organized through the Office of Scientific Intelligence of the CIA and uh, <laughs> coordinated with the United States Army Biological Warfare Laboratories. Other code names for drug-related experiments were Project Bluebird and Project Artichoke. Um, I think there was also another one that was uh, like Project Midnight Climax or something like that, which was a, another crazy program they did. Um, the operation was officially sanctioned in 1953 
that's how long you know they've been doing dirty dirty stuff for reduced in scope in 1964 and further curtailed in 1967 so they say it was officially halted in 1973 so they say the program also engaged in illegal activities (laughs) including the use of u.s and canadian citizens as its unwitting test subjects which led to controversy regarding its legitimacy mk ultra also used numerous methods to manipulate its subjects' mental states and brain functions. Techniques included the covert administration of high doses of psychoactive drugs, especially LSD and other chemicals, electroshocks, hypnosis, sensory deprivation, isolation, and verbal and sexual abuse, in addition to other forms of torture. The scope of Project MKUltra was broad, with activities carried out under the guise of research at more than 80 institutions, including colleges and universities, hospitals, prisons, and pharmaceutical companies. The CIA operated using front organizations, although sometimes top officials at these institutions were aware of the CIA's involvement. Project MKUltra was first brought to public attention in 1975 by the Church Committee of the United States Congress and Gerald Ford's United States President's Commission on CIA Activities within the United States, also known as the Rockefeller Commission. Investigative efforts were hampered by CIA, CIA Director Richard Helms in order or order that all MKUltra files be destroyed in 1973. So we Probably don't know everything they were doing. The church committee at Rockefeller Commission investigates relied on the sworn testimony of direct participants and on the relatively small number of documents that survived Helm's destructive destruction order. So a small number of actually all the dirty crap they were doing. They knew they were getting busted. In 1977, a Freedom of Information Act request uncovered a cache of 20,000 documents relating to Project MKUltra, which led to Senate hearings later that year. Some surviving information regarding MKUltra was declassified in July uh, 2001. In December 2018, declassified documents included a letter to an unidentified doctor discussing work on six dogs made to run, turn, and stop via remote control and brain implants. So basically, they probably just uh, switched around how they were diverting money through something else, and it's probably still ongoing because most time when stuff like that goes on there's enough dirty people in there that'll keep it going so anyways if you want to look up more stuff on all that stuff i mean that's that's just what seems like with all these different stories that i've seen with asian hate stuff it's like why is this all of a sudden popping up you know it's just like and it's crazy stuff uh so we'll circle back to this article <laughs> Uh, more than 68% of the abuse was verbal harassment or name calling while 11.1% was physical and report found the report found the report also contains numerous first person account. Oh, I already read that. See, I gotta, I gotta remember to do this scroll up. Uh, During an Asian-American protest, a white man driving a silver Mercedes drove past the first wave of Asian protesters yelling out of his window at them. Stupid effing Asians. Sorry, I'm kind of improvising what they would have sounded like. <laughs> Read one. <laughs> Read one testimonial from Elk Grove, California. Afterwards, he drove to where the remaining Asian protesters stood and was witnessed by multiple protesters aggressively driving 
onto the walkway where several protesters were gathered. The report comes amid growing awareness of anti-Asian violence in the U.S. following several recent attacks. In Oakland, California, a 75-year-old man from Hong Kong died after being robbed and assaulted by a man police said had a history of victimizing elderly Asian people. Uh, so that guy was probably just freaking nuts. Uh, especially if he's got a history of it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that goes along with just a lot of California in the first place. Earlier this year, an 84-year-old Thai man, Vicha Ratanpakte, I butchered that one too, was killed in a seemingly unprovoked attack in San Francisco. The number of hate incidents reported to our center represent only a fraction of the number of hate incidents that actually occur, but it does show how vulnerable, vulnerable, oh man, I'm a redneck, Asian Americans are to discrimination and the types of discrimination they face, the report authors wrote. The authors noted that before the surge of awareness around anti-Asian attacks, Stop AAPI Hate had documented 2,808 incidents in 2020, but had since received a number of other reports. In addition to physical and verbal assaults, the report documented incidents of vandalism, online harassment, workplace discrimination, being barred from transportation or establishments, and avoidance or shunning, all because the victims were Asian. A ride-hailing service driver said to me after I got into his car, Damn, another Asian riding with me today? I hope you don't have any COVID. Read one testimonial from the Las Vegas in the report. <laughs> See what I mean? This is just, it's crazy. <laughs> it's like, it fits right in with if you read like, or uh, watch some of the, I think History Channel has a thing on, uh, if you have the History Channel, go to their on-demand and see if there's anything on there about the MK Ultra program. I think they did a whole thing on it. But it just seems like this is like crazy stuff that somebody that's like all drugged up and being brainwashed and stuff is it would say to people. I mean, it just it it's just weird. After I told him, have a good day, he replied back, you shouldn't be requesting any more rides from anybody. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, women reported hate incidents 2.3 times more than men. California and New York, the two states with the largest Asian... Okay, well, that makes sense now. That's why I see a lot of reports from New York. The two states with the largest Asian American populations had the most reported hate incidents with 1,691 reported in California and 517 in New York. And I'm probably sure that's New York City, New York's... Uh, Let's see. And I guess that's all that article where she ends. Uh, but you know, you know, my, it's mind control, man. I'm telling you, drugging them all up and have them go out and do crazy crap to Asians to create some kind of weird distraction. Oh, anyways, um, I think there's a bunch of, uh, gun bills that are going to be trying to be pushed through as well. I'm going to try and do some research on those and figure out what's what. Because at this point, I mean, the gun control thing is dead to me. It's like, yes, I understand people get shot by them. Uh, and it's usually somebody that's using an illegal weapon. They've either stolen or gotten on the black market Hell, I mean, I've even read reports that people have been buying them from L.A. police that are getting them out of the evidence rooms. 
just figuring they'll those cases that'll never get solved and they'll never see them weapons again anyways. So before they get destroyed, let's make a little side cash. Um, I'm going to look into it because I think there's a whole bunch of different bills that have all kinds of ridiculous crap in them that is not going to save anybody's life. It's actually will make it harder for law-abiding citizens to use the Second Amendment. And typically, most of these laws actually help, or, you know, it makes it harder for the most vulnerable people that possibly need a weapon sooner than later. Because uh, a lot of the times, you know, by the time these laws say, okay, now we'll we'll grant you the right to, well, not even grant you the right, we'll, just, we'll give you permission to buy this weapon seven days later, you know, laws like that. By that time, sometimes those people are already dead. They've been murdered by, you know, ex ex spouse or ex boyfriend or whatever. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of reasons that anything over. I mean, even a lot of the laws we have now don't do anything except make it harder for law abiding citizens to get a gun. So anyways, that's a whole nother episode. Uh, I'll wrap this one up now. These things take forever when I get going on some kind of rant about something. So hope everybody uh, enjoyed this episode. And it wasn't too long. Didn't put you to sleep. <laughs> I try and keep it a little bit entertaining. And uh, well, anyways, yeah, that's all I got today. So thanks for listening to the Nielsen Show. We will catch you on the next one and give you some more pure raw entertainment from Moa. Have a good one.